What is Truth? 9-11 Written by Greg Fernandez Jr. Narrated by Ryan Barry When Soldiers Come Home Between 2002 and 2006, more than 254 Iraq and Afghanistan veterans committed suicide. According to the Department of Veteran Affairs, between 2007 and 2008, 255 soldiers committed suicide. In 2012, 350 active duty soldiers committed suicide. It's estimated between 2001 and 2013, we lost 2,700 service members to suicide. In 2009, journalist Aaron Glantz told Amy Goodman on Democracy Now! We've had people brought into the VA, turned away, who have committed suicide after coming back from the war with post-traumatic stress disorder. We have 300,000 Iraq and Afghanistan war veterans coming home with traumatic brain injury, physical brain damage. We have 300,000 Iraq and Afghanistan war veterans who have filed disability claims with the federal government every night. 200,000 people who have put on the uniform and served this country sleep homeless on the streets. My cousin Pavel joined the United States Army a month after September 11, 2001. After being stationed in Korea until 2003, he was deployed to Iraq. When I got out from Korea, it was 2003, Pavel told me. I went straight to Washington. That's when we were mobilizing the new unit to go to Iraq. They kind of pumped it up like, you're going to a mobilized unit. You're going to get all these new toys. It's a new unit and the army is trying to put together. Their new attitude was, anything can happen anywhere in the world and we'll be there in 48 hours. That was the concept of the unit I was in. Did you feel we were justified in going into Iraq? When I got to Washington, John McCain showed up with President Bush. I was like 15 feet from him. They were all giving the speech. We're the good guys. They're the bad guys. I think you get caught up in the moment. So I think my view at that time was, yeah, we're doing the right thing out there. Not excited to go there. But you know what? Let me go out there and I'll do what I have to do. How did that view change? I asked. I think about two weeks. No more than a month of actually being in Iraq and seeing how everything was unfolding in Iraq and how the U.S. military was handling itself. A lot of micromanaging. A lot of unnecessary time spent. How can I put this? Misuse. Misuse of time. Misuse of finances. The amount of effort, the amount of time, the amount of energy that everybody was putting into it. It was like for what? There was no result. Everybody's all for it. It's for the greater good, the greater good. But there were no results we saw when we were over there. The focus kept switching from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. What'd they have you do over there? Ground surveillance. We were the only combat MOS, military occupational specialty, that saw action. That means we were able to go out there and do missions for them. It was more so of trying to find out where the enemy is at, analyzing, collecting information, using your equipment that we had out there to predict where the enemy is going to be at, where their movement is, and the reporting up to the chain of command. How has this war changed you? You kind of grow up fast, because you see things that normal 18 to 21 year olds really don't see. They're not exposed to it. They don't have to think in those terms, as far as looking over your shoulder consistently. It did change me, but I can't say it was all bad. So joining the army made you a stronger person? I think it made me a really stronger person compared to where I was before, as far as the amount of pressure, the amount of stress I could deal with. In that essence, it's a positive thing. 
But as far as being stressed out, overanalyzing things, that's the little downside to it. You think you overthink things now? To a point, I look for triggers. If I get upset or something gets to me, I look for triggers to see why did that happen. Once I locate the triggers, then I just avoid whatever triggers it. But it doesn't get taught when you're getting out of the military. They don't say, hey, there are these issues you're going to deal with. This is how you're going to deal with them. It's just like, oh, you're out. So there's a lot of people, a lot of my friends that are having DUI after DUI after DUI. They're unable to find a trigger. They don't know how to deal with certain things, you know. So I think there's a big misstep. As far as with the government, when it concerns people leaving the combat scene and just getting thrown to the civilian world, where it's completely different. There should be a lot more time going into the actual redeployment process. What that means is from the time that you touch down in the streets, there should be a lot more programs, a lot more educational programs dealing with yourself, self-being, letting soldiers know that if what you're going to be dealing with, now that you're out of the military, you hear a lot of these stories about people coming back from Iraq. They're just like, they come back and get out. They can't get back to the civilian world. So you see that they kill themselves or they kill their families because they don't have any resources to go to. If they have a problem, they don't know who to talk to or who to go to see. What do we, America, need? More money? You can't say a lot more money needs to be invested in it, Pavel answered. Just a lot more resources that troops and soldiers need to be aware of and have access to. They don't want to do anything to jeopardize the American view on the war. It's not a positive one right now, but if they get exposed to any kind of information like this, it's going to make it worse for them to handle. What did the army tell you you're going to Iraq for? The greater good. You know we're doing this to protect everybody, and this is the right thing to do, and everybody's behind you, everybody's supporting you. Bush and McCain, when they talked, I think it was August of 2004 when they came up to Fort Lewis, Washington, both of them talked. Even back then, I had a different viewpoint on Bush. I'm like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. I know nothing about Iraq. If this is what he says, that's how it is. The thing with McCain, when he came up and talked to it, was more of a motivation for the troops to let them know that they're fighting a good cause, a good just fight. But that viewpoint changed within a couple of months of being in Iraq. Seeing what they're saying and seeing the reality aspect of it, I think people just get caught up in the moment, listening to them talk. An average person doesn't know what's going on out there. They can't put it into their head or imagine how it is they can't put it into their head or imagine how it is out there. But being out there and actually seeing it, as far as the progress and how the U.S. carries themselves, how they interact with everybody, the whole outlook kind of brings it back to reality. And you realize that you were being told one thing. There's more to the truth than how they sugarcoat it. Would you recommend the military to someone? When people approach me and say they're thinking about joining the military, my reply to them is don't even think about going to the Army, the Marines, or the Navy. I say, if you're honestly going to think about going, do something in the Air Force. Why? In the Air Force, you get a lot better treatment as far as the well-being of the soldier. The Air Force, when they're in Iraq and they see the living conditions for the Army, they're bad. The Air Force won't even put their troops in there. If they do force them to go in there, they get paid additional funds per month for just dealing with it, dealing with the environment. This has been What is Truth? 9-11 Written by Greg Fernandez Jr. Narrated by Ryan Berry. Copyright by Greg Fernandez Jr. Production copyright by Greg Fernandez Jr.